Hi, this is April Richardson, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Todd Glass. I don't like to paint the networks or anybody that's putting up money for a show as monsters. Maybe they are putting yeah. up a shit ton of money. And if you were putting up, if you were putting up a lot of money, or I was putting up a lot of money, I'd want to ask questions. I want my input. But I compare it to a, den- a dentist or a doctor. You know, your dentist is not right 100% of the time. We are more from Todd in just a bit. If you're hearing some extraneous noise in the background, you're listening to this on headphones. Nearly Lizzie has a friend over and they're doing some videos which may or may not appear on her Nearly Lizzie YouTube channel. That is to be determined. Uh, Let me see. We have a song of the week. Well, we have a song of the week and a bit all about the same band. The dumb bit is not dumb at all. It's about one of my favorite bands who released a greatest hits collection, and we're going to get to that right now. There's a documentary on YouTube called The Greatest Band You've Never Heard, uh, I believe it's called, uh, The Story of the Samples. The Samples are a band from Colorado uh, via some other places. The, uh, the uh, lead singer and chief songwriter, Sean Kelly, is from Boston. The drummer uh, from their classic lineup, I'm talking, uh, is from Toledo. And, um, but this is not about The Samples, who are a fine band. But uh, that uh, documentary should be called The Greatest Band You've Never Heard, apart from uh, the Connells, <laughs> because uh, the Connells actually are uh, probably the most underrated band in America, and then I would think maybe the Samples, and I maybe would throw the Ocean Blue in there as well, as, as far as uh, you know, American power pop bands. Uh, Connells are from North Carolina. They came out in around the uh, mid '80s, influenced a lot by uh, contemporaries like REM, a lot of that Southern alternative college rock, and then you know, a lot of the '60s stuff like the Birds and the Beatles that those bands are being influenced by. And uh, for a while, you could find their stuff in Freegal. You know, we're big Freegal fans here. Uh, that's the f- service that uh, hooks up with libraries, and you can download free MP3s. Uh, but somebody must have bought the rights to their whole catalog, or they bought the rights back, whatever, because that stuff no longer is on Freegal. However, they have released a greatest hits album called Stone Cold Yesterday, uh, named after probably their greatest song. And uh, it's a, I would say, a pretty user-friendly collection of Connell's hits. And I guess it's all the Connell stuff that's available right now. I'm going to play you some songs from this, uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina's The Connell, some of my favorite tunes here. And uh, let's see, I believe we will start with, well, we'll start with, I, let's go in order, I guess. Uh, Scotty's Lament is from their second album, Boylan Heights, and uh, very indicative of their earlier sound, uh, kind of darker, but still uh, very uh, power poppy. Uh, see what you think. You were in them, I found my 
so good, right? That is from their album Boylan Heights. The Connells, of course, now available on their greatest hits album that we're talking about, Stone Cold Yesterday. And the next track I'm going to play for you here is uh, from their album Ring, which I think is their best overall album, even though Stone Cold Yesterday, the best song, comes from one simple word. Uh, I'm going to play you a song from uh, the aforementioned Ring. And this song, uh, another banger, just like uh, Stone Cold Yesterday. And uh, this song is called Slackjawed. Proper, proper banger. I mean, you, you, you can't argue with that. All right, so that's uh, Slack Jawed uh, by the very fine Connells from Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, next song we're going to play, also from Ring, this is probably their best-known tune worldwide. It uh, accidentally became a hit in Europe. It went, like, top ten all over Europe, including France and Germany. And I think it went to, like, maybe 30-odd in the U.K., and, uh, of course, did not charge. I don't even think we went on the modern rock chart. Slackjaw did okay on the modern rock chart here. 74, 75, someone decided to release uh, in Europe, and it just exploded for them. So here is 74, 75, a, the big European hit for the Connells. Oh 
74-75 by the Connells, big European hit for the band from North Carolina. That uh, prompted them to go on a huge tour of Europe to support that single and, of course, the album Ring. And Ring did pretty well over there uh, as well as the single did. Uh, then they came back and recorded a pretty terrible album called Weird Food and Devastation, which produced uh, one okay song called Maybe that appears on The Greatest Hits. But they came back strong uh, with an album called Still Life. And then that was the last album they made. That was about 1994 or 5, I believe. But uh, they still play around in the Carolinas. Uh, they do um, some clubs down there in, in the South occasionally. Uh, as I, I don't know this for sure. It's hard to find information on them. Uh, they haven't updated their webpage yet. I believe the two Connell brothers, uh, Dave and Mike, are actually attorneys. Um, I, uh, George Hundley, the guitarist, is a successful real estate agent. Uh, I'm not sure what Doug McMillan is doing, but they have like they've had successful careers outside of music, thank God. Even though they should have been a massive, massive arena band, uh, as big as REM certainly. Um, and people would disagree with me on that, but uh, I really believe that. All right, so uh, Stone Cold yesterday, we've been talking about that. It's the name of the uh, it's the title of the greatest hits album. We're going to hear that now. That'll take us into our interview with Todd Glass. And at the end of the show, I'm going to play a song for you that's not on the greatest hits. That is probably uh, my second favorite Connell song. And we'll, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, at the end of the show. But right now, here is the, uh, I guess what you call the title track from the greatest hits album of the Connells, Stone Cold Yesterday, proper, proper banger, I assure you. This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. And this just in, go to any of our Home Shirts websites, use the code COMEHOME, all one word, and receive 20% off for a limited time. Now, on with the show. (laughs) 
Todd Glass is a stand-up comedian originally from Philadelphia, PA, and last year he released a critically acclaimed book called The Todd Glass Situation, a bunch of lies about my personal life, and a bunch of true stories about my 30-year career in stand-up comedy. That's a mouthful. It's over a year old, it's, uh, but it's still worth getting, certainly, and you can get all the major uh, you know, book-buying sources that you would uh, find that at. And here now is our interview with Todd Glass. <laughs> I'm on the elliptical at the gym, which is fine. I'm only in the first, like, half an hour. I do an hour, half an hour. I go slower. So, that's you know, fine. most people don't even know I'm on it, but just in case. Oh, that's fine. You, well, I'm, I'm actually... You could, you could start your podcast right there. That way everyone will know, oh, he's on the elliptical because he didn't know that he was doing exactly. a podcast as well, an interview, as well as an interview. Exactly. So we're all set. Yep. Well, I'm driving, actually, to get my daughter from college. She goes to college just across the river from us here in Cincinnati. So this is uh, like kind of comedians in cars going to pick up my daughter. There you go. Yeah. Don't tell Jerry Seinfeld. I won't. I'll, I'll keep that under my hat. Um, yeah. So it's been about two years since we spoke. You would you were just uh, a few months into the podcast, I think, and uh, and uh, that's going really well for you. Um, uh, what else do you have going on? What's, what's the latest and the greatest? Well, what's going on? By the way, has it been... Because I've been doing the podcast for four years. Oh, well, maybe you were like a, two years into it. I don't know. It was you would you were still doing it from the uh, auto dealership. The guy that the guy uh, get you some office space there. And uh, yeah, I was doing it above uh, Black Horse Motors, which is like a uh, it was like sort of an antique car dealership, and yeah, above yeah. it there was this gigantic loft. Right. Overlooking uh, La Cienega Boulevard, it was awesome. All stone walls. It was like pretty big it was a great space but we moved this studio to at my house okay and uh, there's like a little there's like a little barn in my backyard an old carriage house yeah um, oh, that someone made into a garage and then we switched it to a to the studio about four months ago so i'm loving it over there oh cool cool kind of like a marin situation going on yeah yeah but uh sounds nicer though don't tell him don't tell say. mark he gets upset he does very easily <laughs> What's going on? Um, let's see. What's going on? Personally or business wise? Uh, either, uh, either one. I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, personally, probably. well, you know, probably I'm getting ready to do, which it got delayed about a year ago. I was getting ready to shoot another hour special and uh, got delayed because I did a pilot called Camping with Todd. And uh, we, on the pilot episode, we took John Doerr. Uh, Eddie Pepitone and Zach Galvanakis camping for one night. Oh my God! And we just finished that. It was it was uh, so much fun. It was ridiculous. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. That, that... And it was like you know, it was it was. Uh, I didn't want the show to be. Oh, they're setting up the tents. Oh, they have to cut the wood. Which some people thought, why not? To me, that's not the most fun about camping. To me, what's fun about camping is the getting away from the world. Uh, there's no phone. There's no you know, Netflix, there's no internet, there's no, there's no nothing. Um, and you get away from the world. So because that's so enjoyable and sitting around a fire at night, you're willing to do all the prep. And anybody that goes camping knows there's a lot of prep that goes on to make it all go down right and smooth and enjoy it. We just say, let's get that out of the way. So we're not really glamping. We're not glamping because it's just regular tents that anybody would use, regular, you know, torches, all the, you know, some regular firewood, there's nothing, but it was all done. So when those guys got to the site where we were camping in Angelo's Forest, I was already there welcoming them and showing them around, showing them to their tent. And uh, 
and we just uh, enjoyed ourselves. We made dinner, we had a fire, and uh, we had a, a musical guest uh, around the fire pit, almost like MTV Unplugged, but just guitars around the fire, and um, it was it was ridiculous. It was so much fun. Uh, so are you a big camper then, or is this just something that... Uh... Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a big camper the way I do it. I don't like, you know... Uh, I don't like doing all this stuff. You know, I don't care. Like some people go, oh, if you bring an RV, that's not camping. Camping's whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So for me, I like to bring the RV. We get, we rent now for the, for the show. Uh, we did not have an RV. Well, I mean, production did, but you know, like, yeah. you know, a, a ways away from the site where we were camping, not even in, couldn't even see it. But um, when I go camping personally, we, it's just like eight or nine of us going camping. We rent the smallest RV we can get and we just put it on the site. That way you have a base. You know, right. you need during the day, if it gets boiling hot, you can go sit in it. Yeah. Uh, or if you want to, uh, put something in the refrigerator or go to the bathroom. So yeah, doing it like that, I, I love it. It's, we, um, go to, a, a Southern Indiana every year. It's a couple, about three hours from us to go to a, a amusement park called Holiday World. And sometimes I'll set us up because I'm, you know, in the press and stuff. And we stay at the campground, and the campground is all ranges of things. You, you can bring a tent. They will rent you a trailer. They'll rent you a nicer one. They have these real nice ones now that are like these. Uh, you kind of see them on tiny homes sometimes on HGTV, but they're permanently put on a um, uh, cinder block foundation. And my wife doesn't like any level of camping. She can barely take those uh, those tiny home versions. But knowing that it's still a camper, it still makes her a little uncomfortable. It's kind of funny. That's so funny. No, I, I loved it. And, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the production company that shot it, they did a really good job. Like, we had everything so organized. It didn't seem like there were cameras everywhere. There was no lighting except for natural lighting that you would use when you went camping, lanterns and torches. And so, it, you know, it's dark. The footage is dark. It looks like we're camping because we are. There's a, you know, real fire going on. And, uh, we just, it was, it was just great. And then we had one big tent, a pretty big tent, probably like the size of a one car garage. Okay. It was pretty big. And then, um, we all slept in the same tent and it was like little kids. Once you go to bed and all the lights go out, <laughs> it was just like, that's, I think some of the best footage Oh, nice. of us just literally, and there were no cameras in there. They were mounted, these teeny little cameras. You couldn't even see them. Yeah. And, um, but everyone knew because we can't shoot people without telling them. But yeah, yeah. when we went to bed, just you, you revert back to being in, in you know, a kindergarten. You know, like yeah, when yeah. You're, or, you know, when you're little and you're giggling with your friends when the lights go out. That's funny. Um, so what what happens with this show now? Is it under consideration? Is it past uh, muster with one of the networks? Or what's, what's the status? Well, um, uh, Verizon, I don't know that. The, the details of them, but Verizon paid for the pilot, so they got to just show it as a Verizon original oh. on Go ninety, on Go ninety, and then after that, it's ours. So we're in the process of uh, setting up a point, you know, setting up a what the hell can I think of the word? Uh, you know, setting up the the fucking <laughs> <laughs> when you go, I, I I can't, I'm just spacing on the word. Uh, we're gonna bring it out. Oh, pitch meetings. Um, <laughs> setting up pitch meetings to go out, like, you know, yeah. Netflix, Comedy Central, uh, wherever, Travel Channel, maybe, you know, if no one else likes it, we can always go to the Travel Channel. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's where we're at right now. That's cool. So I was going to ask you, you know, with the podcast, of course, you know, you get to do, 
as with most podcasters, you get to do pretty much you know whatever you want. Do you think because since now you've done a, a, a doing a project outside of that and still doing kind of more of a traditional project, do you think that uh, are people okay with giving? people more freedom now because you know podcasting does exist and it's shown that you know if you do give people creative freedom you maybe get a thing like a, a louis ck show or something where you can you know the artist maybe is right about some things even though the network might be skittish or our network still do you think skittish well that's a good question i think i mean this is going back even to companies like hbo when they would where they were very notorious for giving people creative freedom. I mean, they still have their input. They yeah. still ask questions, but they think it's better to let the artist have creative input. Um, so HBO is like that, but, you know, you would think everyone would learn their lesson. Or, But, yes, it's changing it, but it's amazing how old school uh, some uh, networks still are. You know, they're with the notes and the, you know, it's like my friend said, if you need the network's help, you have an idea for a show, and you're hoping, like, let's say notes are Monday, and you shoot the show on Thursday, and notes are Monday. All the executives get in the room every Monday, and they get their opinions, and you hash things out. I don't like this. I like that. And the artists sit there, and they're like, well, they defend it. Let's say on Monday, they go, oh, there's no executive notes today. Uh, they, they got snowed in. Can't get here for notes. You're just going to shoot the show this week without the executives. And all the the artists went, you know, or the creators of the show went, fuck, we need those notes. <laughs> well, then, 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 then the net, if, if you need the network's notes, then the network's fucked. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean, that does not mean that they don't have input right. and they don't have things to offer. They, they do have things to offer, especially if it's a network that has a, a roster of great shows and, and things. And But... At the end of the day, so when they say they don't give notes, at the end of the day, it just means, beep, beep, you know, don't go crazy with your notes. And at the end of the day, trust the artist. Because even if the show fails, right. you don't look at it on show-to-show basis. You look at it, if you have 15 shows, and six of them are successes, because you just let them do what they want. That's, that's a good model for having success. So the answer to that question, long-winded, no, that's fine. Is uh, we hope we can find a network that will let it breathe, as I like to say. So you know, that's why my my go to is always I would love to sell it to Netflix. Yeah, that's uh, that seems to be a good situation over there for uh, a lot of folks. Um, I was just having that conversation with somebody the other day who was about to sell a show. Oh, uh, Jamie Lissa, uh, with working on um the real the real Rob show, and that's over on Netflix. And he says, you just wouldn't believe the difference. It's, uh, you know, it's, they're, they're really liking it over there. Yeah, well, the, the example I always give for notes, because I don't like to paint the networks or anybody that's putting up money for a show as monsters. Hey, they are putting yeah. up a shit ton of money. They are. And if you were putting up, if you were putting up a lot of money, or I was putting up a lot of money, I'd want to ask questions. I want my input. But yeah, yeah. I compare it to a, den- a dentist or a doctor. You know, your dentist is not right 100% of the time. Yes. No, there's no dentist, but that's the big but. So you make it real clear, just like the artist is not right 100% of the time. That's not what you have to prove that the artist is right 100% of the time, because it's not. No dentist is right 100% of the time. But if you go to a dentist, he's going to be more right than you. So you trust the dentist. Oh, you ask the dentist questions. You ask for alternatives, but you don't leave 
you don't argue with the dentist. You know what I mean? When it comes to your yeah. mouth or your medical, we might argue over a bill, but you know what I mean? The gist of what I'm saying. And that's the way I think executives should be. Um, and that's how it was uh, with the camping, the Todd pilot, um, the production company, Jash. They, you know, the word was we didn't get one note from them, not one. But they did offer up some opinions, and they said, take them, throw them in the trash, or do what you want with them. And that's okay. exactly what they did. Yeah. Uh, five people watched the pilot. They all gave anonymous notes. They never said, we never argued over it. Nothing. But by the way, some of the notes were good. Some of the notes were good. Some of the notes were things we already thought. So those notes were helpful, but we didn't argue over them. So, right. you know, I'm hoping I can end up somewhere like that would be the case. Yeah. Well, like when I used to work in advertising, the, the guy that hired me would always say, well, you know, a, a good idea can come from anywhere. So pe- everybody would sit in on meetings sometimes, even the receptionist and whoever, even people that weren't maybe directly involved in the project because somebody might have a good idea. And if they don't, well, that's fine too. So I, I just don't want to have it set. You know, I don't, I don't, the focus groups, they can shove up their ass. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, <laughs> if we just listened to focus groups, we wouldn't have anything new and original. Because yeah. most people, including me, in comedy, yes, I'm a forward thinker. But when it's music or maybe fashion, I'm comfortable mostly with what I already know. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. I, you know, it, thank God they don't come to me when they're thinking about, <laughs> you know, uh, a designer that's creating a new shoe or a new yeah. sneak or a new pair of pants. That, you know, styles change. They Sometimes styles, styles change dramatically. I, I don't want to, I, I want them to just do the work on their own and then put it out there as a product and I'll decide if I want it. So focus groups, we, we, if we listen to focus groups, we probably wouldn't have some. No, not all. Sometimes shows are widely popular and creatively respected. Yeah. And maybe they made it through a focus group. I get it. But overwhelmingly, um, if we listen to focus groups all the time, we would have no uh, so many good shows would not be on television. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so on stage-wise, uh, what have you been doing? I know you were, for a while you were featuring for Gaffigan, but also headlining a, a lot, of course, which is what you mostly do. Um, how's all that working out? It's doing good. You know, I've been, uh, touring around, you know, I, I tour with other acts, mainly, I guess the group of five would be Gaffigan, Tosh, Louis C.K., Sarah Silverman, and Gaffigan, I think I said that. Yeah. Um, and then I do my own tour dates, probably around 70% of the year I'm doing my own tour dates. Um, and, uh, that's, you know, what I'm doing right now, getting ready for the hour. And, um, you know, just, uh, just enjoying it still. Still love it. Still love going out on the road. Still love touring. Love hotels. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Do you, is you being facetious or do you really like traveling in hotels? No, I do. Okay. I do. I don't, because, I, don't, um, I don't mind, you know, I like it. I always travel the day before the show so I don't have to come in the night of a show in a rush. Yeah. Um, so that's a relaxing day of travel for me. I leave LA usually around noon. And then when I'm going home, I go home on a late flight, so I don't have to get up early. The, uh, so I just tend, tend to enjoy the road. That's funny, because the, I know there's some comedians who really do enjoy that. The late Mitch Hedberg told me he wanted right. to, uh, create a travel channel show about hotels and, uh, uh, and all the things he likes about them and doesn't like about them. So yeah, I know some, some guys and other guys, of course, hate it, but wow, what, what a great bill that would be seeing uh, you and w- one of the aforementioned acts you had there. Cause a lot of times uh, there are a lot of headliners, the big headliners will bring out maybe a weak sister. So, you know, it doesn't like cloud them, but, uh, it's, it's nice to see them bringing, you know, a heavy hitter like you. 
Well, you know, I appreciate you saying that. And also, you know, it makes me remember to do the same thing because you're right. Without mentioning names, sometimes people bring out an act, you know, look, you have a right to bring out an act sure. that um, highlights you properly or sets the table for you. Yes. That's what you should do. You should pick an act that sets the table for you. But you should, you know, I like to pick an act as well. I don't like, I like to bring someone who can go out there and do the job and do a great job. You know what? Sometimes uh, I have a middle act because I just have a one act open for me. Yeah. And um, I will um, notice because they've been doing stand up so much, especially if you pick a comedian and bring him out on the road with you a lot. You know, he's doing so many shows week after week. And then one night you're listening to him, you're like, fuck, oh, he's killing. <laughs> like, I gotta step up my game a little. Yeah, good. That's what I should have with me on the road. Oh, cool. So, what are you talking about on stage these days? Still, you know, st stories from your life and uh, observations you're making? None of your business. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, a, it's pretty simple with that. I, I try to always talk about things that make frustrate me and talk about things that bring me joy. I try to not become a parody of myself and just talk about and that works for me everybody should, there's yeah. no rule with this just for me i try to remember remember don't just talk about what annoys you talk about what brings you joy talk about what angers you talk about what frustrates you talk about whatever i want to talk about and uh tends, material tends to write itself so that's pretty much you know that's cool pretty much ensure what, what i'm what i'm doing with that any any politics and some guys i spoke with you recently not normally political comedians, but, and of course, you know, your friend Jimmy Dore, heavily into that. Has uh, that crept in at all, even at an observation uh, level? You know, I've always been more of a social issue. Like, in the last year, especially since I wrote the book, oh, yeah. uh, some, a lot of social things have creeped into my act. Um, you know, I try to try to follow the rule of make it funnier than preachy. Now, on a yeah, podcast, yeah. you can be... You know, preachy is maybe not the best word to use, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, on a podcast, you're allowed to do that. That's what that's for. That's a vehicle that has created basically talk radio that you're allowed to, you know. Uh, not, uh, but for comedy, if you want to change people's opinions, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but if your goal really is to change someone's opinion, you have to be funnier than preachy. preachy. And you watch comedians when they do it brilliantly. When yeah. they see a comedian tackle a social issue or a political issue, and, you know, it's, it's a very mess. It's, it's, very, it's very cathartic for me to watch someone tackle social or political issue because they tend to really, you know, go at it and bring clarity to it in a very uh, relaxed. It, it sort of brings comfort to me. Yeah. It makes me breathe easier. Yeah. makes me breathe easier. Someone said, if you want to breathe easier, watch Dave Cross's new special, Make America Great Again, because you will. It's exactly what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, uh, cool, man. Got a lot of good stuff here for the piece and for the podcast, of course, and I'll let you get back to your uh, the rest of your workout. But um, as always, this will be in print in City Pages, uh, in print and online the week you're there. Uh, podcast will drop in a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll direct folks to your fine podcast and all the hilarity going on there. Send people over to go 90, and then also, uh, uh, oh yeah, well, good talking to you. and. Uh... Thanks again to Todd Glass for being on the show, and uh, again, hopefully, nearly Lizzie and her friend are being too loud for us all here, but um, anyway, catch Todd Glass at the Acme Comedy Company in Minnesota September 13th through the 17th, the famous Acme Comedy Company, by the way. Then he's in Lake Tahoe at Harvey's Improv at Lake Tahoe, Harrah's. 
And then that's September 28th through October 3rd. Laughing Skull in uh, Georgia. I believe that's in Greater Atlanta. It just says Georgia. But I'm almost positive that's in Atlanta, October 6th through the 8th. Doc's Lab in California, the 21st and 22nd. For all things Todd Glass, just go to toddglass.com. You can also catch his podcast there. And you can subscribe to it on iTunes, as you can with our podcast, and so on and so forth. Uh, to get Todd's book, go to, as they say in Britain, go to Amazon. Go to Amazon.com. Well, actually, they say Amazon.co.uk because it's the British one. But in America, go to Amazon.com. Or if you're listening to this in Britain, go to Amazon.co.uk. Pick up Todd Glass's book. And now, if you want it, uh, and same thing for the Connells. If you're going to buy um, the, either of these through uh, Amazon, Go to one of two websites. Go to JimmyDoreComedy.com. He's a it's a friend of he's a, a friend of ours, and he has an Amazon link on his website. He gets a couple of bucks kickback. We don't have a it's called an affiliate button. We don't have that, even though we have the same amount of listeners as our friend that I'm about to tell you about. We don't have an Amazon button. And the other show you can do that with is uh, Rock Solid, our friend Pat Francis's podcast, the music podcast uh, for all things. What is it? What does he say? Rock Solid is your podcast for all things music, both new. And I can't remember. Uh, your comedy podcast for all things music. That's it. Both new and old. So anyway, uh, he also has one. But his is rocksolidguide.blogspot.com. And that's uh, a rundown of each week's episode. There's an Amazon link there. You can go there. And, and Pat will get a couple of bucks for his podcast. And then maybe he'll send us a couple of bucks for promoting his Amazon button. All right. So so speaking of the Connells, uh, remember, kids, go out and buy uh, the Stone Cold Yesterday, the best of the Connells. Do put that in your ears. I download it, get the physical CD, do whatever you have to do to get that into your ears. And, uh, you know, I sent actually um, a couple of, uh, about a year ago, Pat did an episode on Rock Solid where he um, invited listeners and to send him song suggestions, and he thought I was going to roll out with some kind of uh, synth pop bullshit. <laughs> Like he likes to call the prog rock the prog rock bullshit. He thought I was going to roll out with some new wave kind of nonsense and uh, hit him with some OMD or something. I did not. I hit him with the Connells because I figured he's, you know, it's rockier. He'd that'd be more in, in his uh, in his wheelhouse. And he loved it. And so, um, so toward that end, uh, I recommend to you that you get Stone Cold yesterday, the best of the Connells. You will dig it, I promise. And we're going to play now a song that is not on the album, unfortunately. It is from the album. Let me see. I forgot which album it's from. It's from, oh, Fun and Games. Came out in '89, and uh, it's the song is called "Hey Wow." I don't even think it was a single, but um, when we saw them tour Ring, I believe it was in 1994, my wife and I, uh, they did you know, all the hits, of course. And then um, for one of the encores, uh, it was just one of the Connell brothers came out with a guitar and uh, Doug, the lead singer, and they did a, a slower acoustic version of this track, and it was amazing. But this is the album version of that. This is Hey Wow to close us out on PFTA Recorder this week. We'll make this our song of the week. And uh, hopefully you can find this somewhere someday. I hope they'll release the rest of the catalog if the best of does well. This is uh, Hey Wow by the Connells, our song of the week. Really, the whole album is our song of the week on PFTA Recorder. So long and thanks for listening.
which word 